February 6th, <coughs> 2024. We're in Masechet. If you count from the top of the Amud down, it's nine lines down. Second word on the line, Shavekes, if you recall, the Mishnah is describing for us the way in which a person needed to pay back uh, in a situation of damage. The last Mishnah, as we mentioned, was talking about the context of damage. Under what circumstances are you liable? Now we're dealing with the mode of payback and the way to get to payback. So the first halacha of your call was shum hakesef. We discussed that yesterday, the evaluation of the finances. Now, shaveh kesef, you need to pay back shaveh kesef. The word shaveh means that it's equal to. It's equal to money. What's that referring to when the Mishnah says that your payback in a situation of damage is shaveh kesef, says the Gemara, detanura banan, we have a beraita which explains this matter, Shaveh Kesef. The words Shaveh Kesef, as the rabbis are using in our Mishnah, and Beraita explaining it, teaches, She'en betin niskakim, ela lenechasim, she'esh lahen achrayut. As we've mentioned already in this Masechet, as you will, if you haven't already discovered, uh, throughout Talmud, Nechasim she'esh lahen achrayut is a reference to land. Nechasim she'esh lahen achrayut, there's a responsibility, there's a uh, eternal uh, nature to it, that has something to do and everything to do with land. When the statement here in the Beraita is that the betin are only nizkakim lenechasim she'esh lahen achrayut, it means to say in a situation of damage, the betin, the judges who are extracting the money from the damager, the mazik, in order to pay to the person who was damaged, the nizak, they'll only do so with regards to land. They won't do so with regards to movable property. Uh, what's that? It doesn't say. I and mean, it sounds like the only situation within which the hachamim or the betin can and will take in order to give is with regards to land. Of course, everyone might be wondering, we spent so much time earlier in our Masechet about Shavekesef, Yashiv Lerabot Shavekesef, Afilusubin, even the brand and all that sort of business. I will have to hold off on that for a moment or two. I mean, Nathan's even remembering one of the punchlines. It depends whether you have the land or don't have the land, but the statement fundamentally is with regards to Betin, not the mode in which you can pay back, the way in which Betin will enforce payback, they'll do it with, prop, with land. What's that? I, I hear you, but you don't need to go so far. It's a regular, you're paralleling it to that. Over here, you, I cause damage to you. The Beitin, here's the case, deal with it, etc. They will now demand that I pay you with land. That and nothing more. Uh, but I say I want to pay with money. So money might be parallel to land. What about property? What about goods? So that's the, says the Gemara, says the Beraita rather, Aval, however, you should know that even though Bedin are specifically nizkakin, specifically dealing with and determining based on land, in kadam nizak, if I damaged you, lo alenu, Jesse, if you go ahead, Kadima means going ahead, in Kadam Nizak, if the person who was damaged goes forward. In other words, without Bedin quarantining that land, without being pigeonholed or even determined that I have to pay back with land, they've done so. But you know that I owe you, and as a result, you go Vitafas Mitaltilin. You go and you grab, well, I don't know, something of a monetary value that I own. You do that on your own. What's the halacha in such a circumstance? After all, I do owe you that amount of money. Betin govin lo mehen. 
Betin will determine that to be the payback. In other words, they won't proactively, for one reason or another, determine based on uh, property. However, if Kadam Nizak Vetafas, words that will elsewhere in the Masechet return to, where the Nizak, the person who was damaged, jumped forward and grabbed it, Betin Govin Mehen. I mean, we'll see. Just as much so. That's, that's, that's what we're referring to. They allow for him to keep it. You see, we'll see it in different contexts. We'll discuss it in situations of, for example, what comes to mind, the Rishonim even discussed this. What about outside of Israel, where we're, and we're going to see this statement hopefully later on the Amud, we learned in the Masechet Sanhedrin, you're not supposed to, with regards to damages or anything else, that's penalty. So, for example, shortam, you wouldn't have any judgment outside of Israel. You needed what was called betin mumchin. You needed judges, dayanim, who were had semicha, which we envision as going all the way back to Moshe Rabbeinu, which didn't exist outside of Eretz Israel. Well, what about if your shortam uh, gores mine? Can I grab from your property? Betin can't convene on that matter. Similar to this, uh, just not identical. Over here we're saying that the Betin determines based on land. If I go ahead and I grab, uh, it's mine. So too over there, there's a conversation about it. If I grab the value of what you damaged, it's your penalty, it's technically binding, but the Betin can't convene to discuss it. Do they take it from me? That's another one of these sorts of circumstances where technically speaking, it's mine, but the Betin doesn't have the power or force for one reason or another to enforce it. Well, therefore, says the Gemara again. So this Beraita teaches the following. The Nizak? I, I, don't, I can't tell you he really agrees. I mean, I don't think the Nizak, the person who was damaged, I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's opening his hand and handing it in that respect. He takes it. I'd like to say it's not so aggressive, but yeah, he takes it. I'm, I don't know that needs to be with his agreement. It's, it's okay, it's what you owe me. Again, so the Tanura Banan, Shavekesef Milamed Shein Betin Nizkakin Ele Nechasim Sheishlein Achrayut. Aval, Im Kadam Nizak Vetafas, Metaltilin, Betin Govin Lomehen. Amar Mor, whenever the Gemara says Amar Mor, it returns us to a point that we made earlier, specifically in a Biraita. Amar Mor, Shavekesef Milamed Shein Betin Nizkakin Ele Nechasim Sheishlein Achrayut. Okay, so those were the words, right? The words were Shavekes implies for us that the Betin only collects from or only demands collection from land. Where do you even see those words? What do the words mean? Shave, I translated for you, it means parallel to or equal to. Kesef means money. How do you see land in the words Shavekesef? My mashma, question mark. Uh, where do you hear that in those words? Again, I understand the interpretation. The Mishnah said Shavekesef. I know Jeffrey told me uh, when we learned the Mishnah, nothing was cryptic over there. I thought that was cryptic. The Gemara thinks it's cryptic. Shavekesef means it's uh, equal to money. Uh, what did it mean, equal to money? So he said it means anything, not only money. It's a good, a valid claim. So much so that that's what the Gemara is questioning. How do you explain to me that the word Shavekesef were specific, particular, only land? That's not what the words mean. The word Shavekes, if, if anything, mean equal to money. Well, everything's equal to money. Betin can determine it with anything. Amara Babar Ula, I'll tell you how they heard it. Davar Hashaveh Kol Kesef. It's with regards to something, the payback that Betin are determining, which is worth any value. What do you mean, worth any value? Mainihu, what does it mean that there's something that's worth any value? Davar she'en lo ona'a. It's a matter, a something, 
which has no ona'ah. Ona'ah is an isur from the Torah um, to take advantage of another person. Now the halakha is, with regards to most situations, if you take advantage of another person, meaning you overcharge them, yoter mishtut, more than a sixth of the value of this item, you go above that price, the halakha from the Torah is, the mekah is batel, and you violate an isur from the Torah, and the mekah, the transaction, is null and void. You're not allowed to take advantage of a person. Of course, if they're aware of it, etc., there's other details, but that's the halacha with regards to ona'ah. It's an explicit pasuk. Well, that being the case, that applies specifically to property. If I come to buy your car from you and you overcharge me more than a sixth of the price, and I discover that, I determine it. You violate it and the deal gets, no, uh, gets voided. Or what if I buy your property for more than the sixth of the price? In such a circumstances, there's no ona'ah on property. The Gemara Masechet Bava Metziah on Dafnun Zayin derives this from Derashot and Pesukim. Land is different. Again, the concept of taking advantage to the extent that the deal is null and void doesn't apply to land. Before we get into the details briefly, let's just understand how that has relevancy to our Gemara. The words of our Mishnah are, you pay back with shdavar hashaveh kesef. You pay back with something equal to money. The understanding is, those are extra words. It's telling you equal to any money. Which transaction can I say, irrespective of the money that you gave me, this is a binding transaction. I'll only say that, says the Gemara, by land. I would not say by any movable object. Movable objects have any sort of ona'ah, and as a result say, mekah batel, we, uh, we null and void, we void the uh, transaction. That's the statement here in the Gemara. So to protect the person getting paid, because now they're getting land that they can eventually make up their money down. Uh, uh, you're saying that the logic that underlies this is to protect the nizak? No, oh, you're asking about the halakha of ona in general. Here, I'm saying, in other words, if the guy is collecting, he's making money, uh, he can get his money back if the market value of the item he gets paid with goes down. You're saying the value of land is stronger in some respects, so it's helping the nizak, something along those lines. What is the logic in general? Why doesn't land, why doesn't karka? have uh, ona'a. Again, I told you the Gemara derives it on Dafnun Zayn from a derasha. What's that? Not to but our two, well, I guess you would say yes. Um, all right, uh, indeed. The, the general assumption of the Rishonim is that when it comes to land, is that land is in the eyes of the buyer. Uh, that's not land. That's not land. Unless it's mehubad. No, actually it is. It's mehubad. It's mehubad. It is. It is. But again, the, the concept, as the Rishonim generally speaking uh, address it, is that land is very much in the, uh, the, the person who's buying it determines the value. There's no market value per se for every specific land. Every specific land has its own value. As a result, there's no taking advantage. There is an alternative view in Rishonim. Uh, in Masechet Bava Metziah, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they quote from Rabbeinu Yonah and others, that even if the uh, transaction is binding, you've still violated. You've still violated the Isur of Ona'ah. So in other words, it might be that it's binding because the person wills it or there's Pesukim, but you may have still violated. Lastly, just to mention as well, I 
again, these are not our issues, but Tosafot on the right hand side, Dibura Matchil Davar HaShaveh Kol Kesef, their understanding of the Gemara Masech Bava Mitziah is that we're a little bit overdoing, we're overstating it. They say, listen, when it comes to land, it's not that it's voided at a sixth of the sale, in other words, if you went above that, but you can't go above double the price. Tosafot's claim is he can't go above double the price. How you determine the price? Okay, but that's the halakha according to Tosafot. Rif in Masechet Bava does disagree with Tosafot on this matter. He maintains, and if I'm not mistaken, the majority view is that land has no isur of ona'a. As stated briefly, for our purposes in the Gemara, again, the Gemara says that the payback with regards to Betin is determined based on Davar HaShaveh Kesef. We determined Davar HaShaveh Kesef, said the Beraita, it means land. You see, that means land. Shaveh means it's equal to money because it's equal to any monetary amount. There's no ona. Questions the Gemara, but wait a second. Avadim ushtarot nameh en lahen ona'a? Question mark. When it comes to sale of avadim, we're referring to avadim kna'aniim, non Jewish slaves, or shtarot, a document. I give you a document and I sell it to you. Documents have different values based on the potentials of collecting, based on circumstance, based on uh, what might take place or did take place, etc. And I sell it to you. In those situations as well, there's no ona'a. The halakha is there's no ona'a by karka, nor by avadim, nor by shtarot. Well, if you're telling me the interpretation of Mishnah is that the payback is determined by betin only on land, where are you deriving that from? From the words davara shaveh kesef. You pay back with the shaveh kesef. Well, then how come you can't pay back with slaves or with documents as well? The Beraita told us you can't. The Beraita told you that it needs to be with nechassim sheyesh le'en achrayut. That means land. You're right. You're, 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 What's that? But, but they're not going to be considered When the Beraita said those words, it was very clearly alluding to and referring to land. Yeah, what's that? They're movable. That's right. That's, you're getting to the answer, the Gemara. The initial next response is, uh, well, what we're referring to when we say davar if we mean something which is worth all value and it gets purchased with money. Questions the Gemara, as opposed to what's called a kinyan mishicha, as opposed to needing to pull it. When you buy an object from another person, you need to pull it from them. You need to do a kinyan mishicha, the details of which are discussed elsewhere. But it's not the money that buys it, it's the kinyan mishicha. When it comes to land, you purchase it with money. Questions the Gemara again. When it comes to slaves, when it comes to documents, they too are purchased with money. With land, you don't technically need to, but you can and you do with, 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 right, with the halachot that we discussed earlier. Hazakah establishes it, but it technically speaking is already with Kenyan Kesef, yours. Um, well, that being the case, a questions the Gemara, what about documents and slaves? Who said documents and slaves don't need a Kenyan Meshicha? Rashi, on the left-hand side, Eved name nikna b'kesef, so says Rashi, if you look at Masechet Kiddushin and Daf Kafbet, you'll understand that a slave is purchased with money. You don't need anything more. Then Rashi says, Who said, again, the claim in our Gemara, that documents as well are purchased with money. You don't need anything more. 
Lo itpari says Rashi. I don't know, and it's not explicit anywhere. Uh, the sourcing for shtarot documents being purchased us with money. He uh, raises his hands in despair and says, "I don't know." You see the little marking of Rabbi Akiva Eger. He takes your Masechet Berachot, where he has a listing of all the places Rashi writes that in Talmud, or many of most of them. Anyway, it's a Rashi moment of humility. Rashi says, "I don't know what the sourcing is." Truth is, Rabbeinu Hananel, right on the page, he changes the Girsa and the Gemara. He changes it from Avadim Ushtarot to just Avadim. Excuse me, Avadim U Shvachot. Shvachot is the female slave. And so he replaced the word shtarot for shvachot. Tosafot as well has a, that issue, and Tosafot says erase the word. Logar sinan shtarot. Okay, that's a detail again. But fundamentally for us, the Gemara now is still stuck. The Gemara's question is, the Beraita told me that the definition in the Mishnah, that Shaveh Kesef is a reference to land, how do you know that that's what the word Shaveh Kesef, we had one attempt, no good. We had second attempt, maybe it's because it means you don't need anything more than payment, you don't need to do a Kinyan Meshicha, but what about my words, Avadim, leave Shtarot out of it, Shvachot maybe, Rabbeinu Hananel, Ela Amar here's the punchline, in the words of Nathan, all those other things are movable. Land is, not his word, stationary. In other words, you use the words, what you mean is, it's just like money. What do you mean it's just like money? It's just like money, but it's not money. What is money? Money is something that's movable. Money is something that I can bring from here to there. We saw this earlier on Davzai, and then when it comes to all objects, we imagine, understandably so, they're metaltilin, they're things that are carried, moved, uh, traveled with. That's not land. So when the Mishnah says, davar kesef, it's something which is equal to money, but it's not something that is money, all those other objects, anything, avid, star, a table, a chair, a horse, a car, etc., that's all kesef itself. That is a movable money object. When it comes to land, we consider it differently. It's stationary. All right, that's the halacha then in the Gemara. Of course, as I told you, we're going to be bothered. The Gemara is going to be bothered right now. One second. I have a whole memory, a good memory, of dapim long ago where we learned that we were doresh, extra word in the pasuk, yeshiv. Kesef yashiv liv'alav. Remember that word? Yashiv l'rabot kesef afilu subin. Even brand. You could pay back with anything. What are you telling me in the Mishnah? The Mishnah says, whoa, one second. If you grabbed it, that's okay. No, the Pasuk says you pay back with anything. Well, how can you tell me in the Mishnah? But the Betin tells you you only pay back with land. Says Gemara, Rameh. Rameh means you're asking a contradiction. Rameh le Rav Yehuda bar chinena le Rav Huna bere de Rav Yehoshua. Tana, we learned, Shaveh Kesef Melamed Shem Betin Niskakin. You taught me earlier, En Niskakin Elen Nechasim Sheesh Lein Achrayut. Told me earlier from the Beraita that those words Shaveh Kesef taught me that the Betin will only turn to the Mazik, the damager, and say to him, you pay back with Nechasim Sheesh Lein Achrayut, meaning land. Didn't we have a Beraita? Not too long ago in the Gemara. How, how recent? But then afterwards as well, more than once. Question mark. That's the contradiction. Can we, should we, in Din say to the damager, go pay back any way you'd like, make certain that it's high value, of course, if it's land, but he can pay back with anything. 
Or do we say, go pay back with land? If you work a deal out, or the Nizak grabs it from you, well, that's another thing. Hachab and Maya Askinan answers the Gemara, our Mishnah is dealing with specifically and only, again, the case where they say you only pay back with land. Remember our Mishnah that we're dealing with on Daf Yodal Damut Bit, where it says, Shaveh Kesef, which we interpreted as land. What's the case? It's dealing with orphans. Another halacha we're already familiar with, maybe now we'll understand a little bit deeper, and that is that the nechasim metaltele diyatme la mishta abde, translated as the movable objects of orphans. Orphans doesn't mean they don't have either parent, it means their father passed away. There's no collection from those. What am I referring to? Collection. Dad had many debts. You come to collect from, or in our context, dad had a debt because he damaged. You come to collect from the children, we only collect from the land of the children. We don't take from anything else. That's the halakha. We've established, we've discussed it. Rashi over here gives us a little bit of a reasoning for it. Rashi, the last of the narrow lines, when it comes to orphans, again, our Mishnah is talking about the damage which was caused by the father in his lifetime. It passes away, they come to collect from the children, Betin will only determine based on land. That's the halakha. There's no collection from anything else. Absolutely, Yashiv Lerabot Shavekes, if Bedin will tell you anything, slaves, documents, cars, etc. Of course, money, right? We're talking about, we're discussing Yatme, uh, the orphans. Ishavak, Shavak means left, Lehu Avuhon, if their father left them, Hamazik, the one who damaged, if he left to them land, Gave Minayu, there's a collection from those lands. Aval, however, there's no collection from orphans' property. Why not? The halakha, those are the fancy Aramaic words I mentioned to you earlier, is that objects, movable objects of orphans on their father's estate are not, there's no shi'ibud, there's no um, lien on them. Why not? Rashi here in Bava Kamandaf Yodale Damudbet says the reason is, the reason is because maybe those items were purchased by the orphans after the death of their father. Of course, if they're purchased after the death of their father, there's no lien on them. Since it's not simple, my words, to determine which objects are yes and which objects are no, bought after the death, we don't allow for collection from any of them. That's the simple interpretation of these words of Rashi. Elsewhere, Famously, Rashi gives in Baba Metziah a more simple approach, well, I don't know, simple, yeah, a different approach. Who's land, whose land is the right? Yes, I, I, you're dovetailing, you're really stepping into the other interpretation of Rashi. reasoning, then, it should also apply to regular people, because that same loophole no. where some person what you say, the goods from the father's estate before you got it up, according to Rashi's no, 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 my pitom, but of course, but that, Jared, you're not thinking it through. I owe you $100,000. I either own the items that you want to collect from, from before I owe you $100,000 or after the $100,000. Either way, I have to pay you back with those. Over here, the only issue is that they're orphans. They could buy whatever they like. They're not, in be- they're not stuck on their father's lien. They're only stuck on their father's lien to the extent that they got these items from their father. 
But if I'm the guy who owes the money, I owe you $100,000. You come to collect from me. Now I say, ah, I'm sorry, I can't pay you back. Why can't you pay me back? I say, well, uh, what do you want to take from me? He said, well, look at all your car collection. Now, I can, I can push you off on any of those cars? I say, the car was before I owed you the money. That's right. No, the car is after I owed you the money. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? It's only when it comes to orphans that we say they bought it with their own money, therefore it's not part of the lien as opposed to if they got the car in the inheritance from their father. Yeah, that's right. Since Rashi here, right, Rashi says, why? Because since we can't easily determine whether they got it from their father or picked it up afterwards, we therefore don't allow for the collection from, we don't want to get into those complications. Right, Mi'iri, Mi'iri, commenting on Rashi says, but what if it is easily identified? What if they admit to it? He claims, according to Rashi, then you could. It's unheard of. Uh, we don't know of such a halakha, but apparently that's his claim, according to the logic of Rashi over here. Elsewhere, Rashi learns this differently. Elsewhere, Rashi says, this is helping uh, the uh, debt collectors. Well, we want to make sure that they have a little bit of strength. If we're going to allow for a collection from any object, anything, they're going to hide it. It's not in their father's estate any longer. They grabbed it. They're going to hide these things. We're going to say that there's no lien on these things. It's only from land. Regardless of how you go on this, that's the suggestion here in the Gemara. Again, the suggestion stated clearly in our Gemara is when our Mishnah told us that the Betin in a case of damage only is niskak, only starts evaluating, determining the payment from land, it's talking about orphans. When it comes to a regular guy who damaged another guy, they collect from whatever you want to collect. How do you know that? Yeshiv, Lerabot Shavik, Yesif, long conversations in the past. Says the Gemara, Ibi Yatmeh. If he has no land, that is right. Orphans who do not have any land, either because it's all been collected or they didn't inherit anything, the debtor is in a lot of unluckiness. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's right. Inherited land. That's it. Says Gemara, if we're dealing with orphans, well, listen to the final words of that same Beraita that we just read. Remember the words? The Beraita told us, listen, here's how it works. Uh, technically speaking, you don't pay from land. But you only pay from land as the Betin determined it. But if the Nizak, if the person who I damaged jumps ahead, or Jesse comes and says, oh, I'm taking your car, I'm taking your, your axe, I'm taking your bull, well, Betin says, okay, that was a full collection. I thought you just told me that when it comes to orphans, there's no collection from objects. How are you allowing for collection from objects? Indeed. So hold one second with that. Let me just uh, flesh it out again. If you're dealing with orphans, I thought we don't collect from objects at all. Says the Gemara. The case is a little bit different. And by the way, this would be the question on Mi'iri, as I think about it now, Jeffrey. Why doesn't it say we're talking about where we could identify that they got it before him? Instead, the Gemara gives a different answer. The Gemara says the tifisa, the, uh, the, the collection of, of the nizak, took place during the lifetime of the father. Uh, so one more time. So the Beraita states the follow. What's that? Oh, that's right. Well, the Beraita is talking about two separate cases, but the Beraita is talking about there was a man, and the man passed away. 
Now, one of two things. If you're dealing with the orphans, so the halacha is, betin only determines based on land. However, if during that man's lifetime, it's the same case, the man did damage when he was alive, the person who got damaged went and collected from him during his lifetime, so then he keeps it. He was saying it in that, in a different context that it says the Gemara, we can apply it here as well. If it's while the guy's alive, it's, I, I hope I have a long life, inshallah. If you, if, and I hope I don't damage anything on you, but if I do, you come and you grab from me. It's not stealing, it's not stealing. Let's state it differently. If, uh, so leave the steal aside. Uh, I damaged you, and, and and my car and your car were on the street, and I say, you say, let's call the cops, let's call insurance, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Let's call it even. I don't want to go to the shop, I don't want to determine this. I hand you, um, I take my, my watch off my hand. Tafas, that's what I'm calling tafas. We said that it's, that was that I, I don't I don't want to because you're getting all nervous about that. I don't want, I don't want to deal with that right now. I, I want to deal with more simple. I want it volitional. Uh, let's volitional. Could be. Uh, Jeffrey is uncomfortable with it for the moment. I'm okay because he's calling it stealing. I don't want to call it stealing. It's not stealing. Uh, but keep, keep uh, let me do it better. Uh, okay. 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 Okay, Jeffrey. I don't need to be apologetic. I'll keep it real. Okay. I'll keep it real. I'm still alive. Baruch Hashem. You, uh, I don't trust you, Rabbi. Rabbi, I don't know how these things work. So you do grab. You're stealing. You say, we'll determine this in Beit Din whether I'm stealing. If we go to Beit Din, so Beit Din says, Harari, you do owe him. I say, but I want my watch back. You have to give me your, my watch back. You must give me my watch back, right? If we go to Beit Din, and, okay, so the case is you're holding on to it because you do have rights to it, even though Beit Din's going to determine. Then the father passes away and the children are remaining, do you get to hold on to it? That's the case. So I'll state it, and I feel comfortable with it. So the halakha is, that's what we're stating. If it was tafas mehayim, he keeps it. Even if the father passed away? Not even. Specifically, if they collected it before he passed away. And again, the betin was going to determine, and the betin does determine that I did owe him. But they say, really, I only need to collect with land. He says, but I'm holding on to the watch. Do I need to give it back? They say, you don't need to give it back. They say, you don't need to give it back. It wasn't part of the inheritance. Okay, says the Gemara onward, Bifne Betin. The words in the Mishnah were, this needs to be done in front of Betin. What do I mean, in front of Betin? As explains the Gemara Perat, this comes to exclude, Lemocher Nechasav, Ve'acharkach Holech Lebetin. Says the Gemara, this is coming to exclude a case of a person who sold his possessions and then went to Bedin. Question mark, I'm sorry, I should have put a question mark at the end of that. So one more time. Says the Gemara, the halacha is when it says Bifne Bedin, this comes to exclude a case where. Uh, situation is such, I owe you because I damaged you. I go and I sell everything I own. I walk into Betin, oh, sorry, if it's not Bifne Betin, if the land is not in my possession, if the items are not in my possession as we stand in front of Betin, unlucky damaged person. Well, I know what we learned before. 
Basically, it's claiming there's no such thing as she'ubud. Basically, it's claiming there's no such thing as a lien. That's what it says. One more time. Read it with me. That's why, that's why my question mark wasn't pronounced enough. It's a crazy question mark. It's against everything we know, not only everything we know about Jewish commercial activity. One more time. Perat, this is excluding I sold my property after the damage. And only then do I walk into Beitin. In such a situation, it sounds like, it sounds like, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to collect from me, Mr. Damaged Individual. Um, and, and of course, it means and I don't have money any longer, right? I'm bankrupt. And I'm bankrupt. Rashi spills it out for us. The Rashi, six lines down, seven lines down. Kila lechalot means it's, uh, it's done, and I'm and I am completely bankrupt. You have no claim. I'm sorry. Of course, when I make money, you could get from, but no lien. No shemat mina does this. I should have read it with with, with passion. Shemat mina. Can we derive from this lava? If you lent, or excuse me, you borrowed umachane chasav, and after borrowing, you sold everything you own, and you're now bankrupt. And then you walk into court. Why not? No, no, but shibud. Shibud, it was after the damage. I damaged? There's a lien on it. That's shibud, lien. Are you telling me we've done away with the concept of shibud? It is interesting. Tosafu calls attention to the fact. No, no, he's saying there's no, there's no word out. So without word, you can't come back to it. Yeah, but it's like the only thing. So, you go to the next guy. Like, oh, it's like that. We had that whole scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You learn the whole thing, you go to the next guy. You learn how to get Eddie, no? We dealt with this. The Gemara happens to say that on Nizikin there is a call, Yotze, uh, where people do know. No, no, he's arguing that there's no liens. There's only a lien. For example, we distinguish between if it's written in the document or if it's a verbal agreement. If it's written in the document, we say the person should have known. He should have done his research. If it's a verbal agreement, not so. It's not as simple when it comes to Nizikin. Uh, we have different determinations. We said you might need a ha'amada bedin in order for you needed to go to bedin in order to determine this, etc. So that's what Nathan is really questioning. What's the sequence of events to establish this? But and, and by the way, that's why the Gemara segues seemingly into halva. Why does the Gemara get? We were talking about damages. You seem to suggest that there's no there's no issue of lien. Are you telling me there's never an issue of lien? But as Nathan has pointed out again, it, it's far from simple. It is, uh, to a certain extent, this is a, a little bit of the, the difficulties in Tosafot uh, with regards to the, um, the analogy here. Because uh, the only reason that you as the buyer from a person who owes money are in a, a, a vulnerable position is because we say you should have done your research. You should have done your research that I owed that money. Uh, says Nathan, if I caused the damage, what research should you have done? You should have known that I got in a car accident yesterday. How are you going to find that out? If you cause damage, doesn't the court have to determine the damage and all that kind of stuff? So until the court determines it, how can there be any kind of lien? There's no lien in such a situation at all? Well, you don't know that. We know there is damage. We know that we, we know there is property, and we know there is there is an O. Oh. But you know there is. 
In other is, so there's no lean at all? Because you know this guy is in a dangerous state. Okay, so you're taking a risk. There's no question, but we're going to now determine retroactively there was a, there was a lean. All right, the Gemara's, the Gemara's incredulous question seems to, the, Gemara, the fact that the Gemara questions, oh, of course it's not true, assumes not like you, but okay, it's an interesting point to determine and to debate further, says the Gemara Ela, rather, we throw the whole thing out. This is not what we were referring to. When the Mishnah said, Bifneh Beitin, it was not referring to that in the moment that you stand in front of Beitin. Understand, you really opened up uh, grounds for a lot of corruption as well. I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, we have to be legal, we need to do this right. There's a lot of corruption, I caused damage. I'll go and I'll liquidate everything and then I'll hide all my money. And then I'll hide all my money. Of course, there's no questioning. Over here, it's not a thief, knowingly, right. Right, right, right. But again, you've opened the potential for thievery in a more e- easy way, but okay. Elah says the Gemara, rather, perat, again, that means this comes to exclude, lebedin hediotot. The conclusion of the Gemara is those words were only telling you that when it comes to, it's a law that I mentioned earlier in the class, when it comes to being dan dine kenasot, when it comes to dealing with penalties. Well, who's talking about penalties? We're talking about damages. Shortam is a penalty. The first three times we say you're penalized. You're not obligated to pay the full amount. You want to know why? Because we consider this a kenas. We consider this a penalty as a result, a fine. Um, therefore, when it comes to um, dealing with that, if it's what's called the betin hediotot, again, we dealt, we dealt with the details of this in the first perik and two, or two in Masechet Sanhedrin. If you're not a betin mumchin, if you don't have the authority which was conferred upon you with what's called semicha, you're not allowed to be done dinekin asot. We didn't have this in Bavel, and therefore the issues I discussed earlier. When the Beraita mentions, excuse me, when the Mishnah mentions those words, bifne betin, it's referring to these halachot, says Rashi, Ela, three lines from the bottom, lehache matnitin, the betin mumchin this is teaching me you need for that halakha of betin mumhin. The Tosafot does question this a little bit, just briefly. Tosafot points out this might be contingent upon the mahluk between Rav and Shemuel dusting off our brains once again about the definition of mav'eh without getting into all the details. It depends on what the word shor in the first Mishnah meant. Did shor mean shen regel and keren? Or was shor specifically regel and mav'eh was shen, which means keren was never present? If keren was never present, why you now having an allusion to Kenasot? We were never talking about shortam. We were never talking about keren at all. Although Tosafot does point out that the next line in the Gemara is comfortable saying that this Mishnah is talking about new stuff. It's talking about penalties, even though we haven't addressed explicitly or even implicitly penalties until now. All right, we'll pause over here. Baruch Amen. Amen.